Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back to more to it. The show that takes a deep dive into the biggest stories in sports, entertainment, and culture. Start with headline news and then journey to deeper conversations. Always finding those life lessons that are presented in every single story. I'm your host, Marcel Swally. That dude. Hey, stop him. That kid's a blood. Cancel Christmas. What movie is that? Man, I'm in that zone right now. I'm taking it. This shirt just made me go there. Got love for y'all, man. And what's going to make me go here? And give y'all some Friday swag away or our 100K giveaway. When we going over 100K, we at 95K right now. Oh, my God. Becky, look at her butt, don't you? Uh, we got this right here, that Wiley jersey. Man, I'm not lying. They did they damn thing right here. Y'all need to see the stitching on this sucker right here. They got the yellow over there bordered, the blue and the white. Imagine all that and these big old numbers, man. That's AFL days. That could be yours. Guess the exact day and time we hunted can around chill. Oh, but you know how we start off every show. We started off with what's up with that dude. Last night I went to an event. Ooh, I'm going to post actually the event because it was at a home in Hollywood Hills. Long dinner table, like one of them coming to America dinner tables. Hey, Okeem, are you okay? Yes, father. Yes, father. I'm like, damn. I'm like, hey, dog. Like, we all had to stand up and give like two minute bios on ourselves. And while we're giving back, it was a bunch of people, business people, people who have exited companies, big money people who are now giving back. So we're all there under Edward Charles Foundation and Project Transition. So it's great just meeting new people. And you're like, damn, oh, that's what you do? Oh, I heard of you. Oh, my God, you guys made a ton. And now you're ready to give back. So that was amazing. Good time out there. Um, I ran into a few great couples. Uh, and what's uniting all of us other than synchronizing our heartbeats like everybody is in the same respect of wanting to give to the community give everyone the same starting line we're all going to finish at different places we're all not going to finish in the same space but we all can start in the same place imagine a world where your background or your circumstances will not dictate how you can have an impact on your community. That's the goal, right? So I met a couple uh, that just sold their manufacturing company. They were like, it's boring, but we have a lot of extra money right now to give. So they were cool because 
pickleball is something that we both have in common. Like two people, two Korean guys, a guy and a gal, and me, but we all gonna kick in and play pickleball. I love that, right? And then another one was uh, just leaving Bank of America running the private wealth division, and she loves pickleball as well. And one of them you guys gonna know, especially if y'all know Los Angeles. So there's a restaurant out here called Crustaceans. Everybody in LA, whoever lands here goes to Crustaceans for what? The garlic noodles. Oh man, they are insane. But now they're expanding. That's all I can say without getting them in trouble. But shout out to the family who was there last night as well. And guess what they like to do? Play pickleball. Everybody loves playing pickleball. So that was fun. Other than that, had another simple reminder this morning, getting the itty bitties dressed. Because my wife, she works out. Then she hits the sauna. I know, she's glamorous. But uh, I like to get the kids dressed. So it's not even a task for me. It's just something about that hard reset every morning and appreciation. So I'm getting them all dressed. And they always run to MJ's room for one thing. We were at the mall the other day. For $10, they had this NASA space shuttle that, that is connected to the ceiling that goes around in this big, huge loop. And all you do is turn it on, and the sucker spits out wind out the back engine, and it just flies around. And literally, my itty-bitties are doing this. That's all they do, and they will do it as long as I got that sucker on. And we all just sit there, man, just staring at space. So a lovely time right there, man, just the simple things. And like, all right, let's get to something that is not so simple, even though it sounds that way. This story right here, Italy's RAI Network. Y'all heard of it? Me either. Um, they suspended a sports commentator duo over sexist and racist remarks. Whoa, let's talk through this. Lorenzo Leonarduzzi. All right, I know I butchered it. And Massimiliano Mazzucci. Sound like some sports cars. Uh, we're commentating on the female synchronized diving competition for the streaming channel RAI Play 2. Sounds like big money, big things. I love this world, especially when I hear something that's gigantic. And I'm like, I ain't never heard of that. And they're like, yeah, we just sold for $4 billion. I'm like, damn. So they decided to focus on the physical appearance of these divers and make reference to sexual acts. Okay, you know on this channel we tell the truth, right? We're trying our best to get to group text level, but I admit, y'all lagging behind, y'all scared, y'all still programmed by normal media and don't understand we can talk real and raw here because there's no right or wrongs, just unlearn or learn. All right, so when you're watching divers, be real. Don't you look at their bodies? I know I do because swimming, whenever I start swimming, that's when the six packs say I'm back. Whenever I get in that pool and put in some work, there is nothing harder than swimming than maybe boxing. Boxing might be the hardest work I ever had, and swimming's right by it. That's why Michael Phelps can eat 12,000 calories a day. Sucker was swimming all the time. So to me, it's not sexist to look at the women. I'm a man. I like women. Um, and say, damn, look at her body. I look at it straight up. Track and field. I look at track athletes. I'm like, damn, she fine. Oh, and she fast? Don't you as well. All right, so I assume the women do the same. Whatever, but that ain't why they in trouble. All right, so the commentators discuss how big some of the divers were. They don't like them thick. While one of them added that whatever, they're all equally tall in bed. Ah, we in trouble now. <laughs> you know we went somewhere. We done took a leap. We done did the long jump in our thoughts and took too far. All right, so they made some more vulgar jokes about the women's willingness to have sex. Now, that's problematic. This diver here, her name is Harper. She's a harp player. How do you play the harp? 
You got to touch it. You pinch it. I don't even get that. I mean, I ain't Italian. But then he said, silado, silado, right? Referencing some musical notes in a slang term used to describe a woman who wants to have sex. Ah, and that's the advantage women have over men. Women only have to know three notes. So then all of a sudden, everybody was like, yo, pouring in, flooding in with the complaints from the viewers, politicians, everybody. So RAI announced that they're going to have a disciplinary procedure in order the commentators to be sent home from the events. They also mimicked some Chinese people speaking Italian and also some racist comments about the men's diving competitions and mimicked the way that they were doing it as well. Okay, y'all know I don't give a damn about that story like that. Y'all know me. There's a life lesson in here somehow, some way that I want to talk about. It. Now, we know a lot of the Italian and the broadcasters overseas have been getting in trouble with sexist and racist remarks of late. We all know about what happens in World Cup soccer and international soccer with a lot of their racist remarks. But we're sitting here in America a little distant from that, but we're still curious what the real is going on. Okay, here's my life lesson. I always wanted this network. Now, when I was on Sports Nation, Michelle Beto and Max Kellerman and I, we used to talk about it on air. It was called Dat Dude TV. And that dude TV was going to be the rawest, realest, because the way I am, I really like that, uh, just television network ever. Like exactly what you're thinking in a primal sense, that's how we broadcast it. So sometimes you'll see Snoop Dogg do it. Uh, Dave Chappelle, in some respects, does it. But even Snoop doesn't go all the way with it because Snoop is still a big brand endorser and promoter, but he goes as far as anybody else I know. But what I'm talking about is next level. It was group text coming to life. Group text with a voice. Y'all know y'all group text? Y'all know how gangster your group text is? Everybody in this world is canceled if their group texts are now shown to the public. At least I know I would be, right? So I just had a question. Like, is looking and describing the opposite sex as a sex object harassment, as they are accusing them of sexual harassment, or just inappropriate, which is a difference. I want you guys actually in the comments to answer that because have we forgotten how we all got here? Like, I mean, I mean, the first time I ever finally conceptualized mommy and daddy, what they did to get me here, I was like, ah, right? Who, but, but I am now matured past that point. But that was a moment because my kids are in that moment now. They're like, daddy. Um, how did we get born? I'm like, oh, God, here we go. We are there again. But uh, it's funny that we don't talk about it in that way. Like in this world, the one thing that I hate when it comes to communication is stating the obvious is inappropriate, right? If you look at some, so we decode it. We make up stuff. We got to deflect. We're like, oh, my God, she's so beautiful. Or, oh, look at him. He he's a good looking man. But then if you have a cocktail with the same person, they ain't just saying you good looking. They hollering, right? So I'm like, why do we live in a world that stating the obvious is just inappropriate, right? So it lends itself to bad communication in all relationships. It's like you literally go through this long unveiling process to finally telling the truth because we start off on some BS. I thought this was really appropriate to kind of get that off my chest and discuss with you guys. So y'all think they should fire the two sports commentators? Y'all think a suspension is enough? And what do y'all think about stating the obvious? Is that harassment? 
Is that just inappropriate? Or is this some BS that we need to change and get back to that? Or do I need to just grow up and just lie like the rest of y'all? Out here, right chill, the man right chill looking at y'all right there. Do y'all feel connected to me like I feel connected to y'all? I really do love you guys, man. Thanks for all the love out here in these streets. And thanks for the love for this book. And somebody going to get extra love because they're going to win it on Friday Swag Away, which is Manana, where I'm from, tomorrow. And 100K giveaway. We're 5,000 away. Five on it. All we need somebody to put five on it. 5,000, right? And we're going to, a finna, as we used to say when I grew up, a finna right there. Or you can win this jersey. Man, we're going to give it away. It is dope, too. No lie. This is sweet. Ah, I miss you. I miss those playing days. I miss those muscles I used to have to fill that jersey out. All right, man. Let's talk about somebody I do miss, man. Seeing here and there, Colin Coward, man. I love Colin Coward. On the radio, dog, he has me hooked, glued. Whenever Colin's on, volume up. Can't lie about that. That dude destroys some radio. Well, he also destroyed Justin Fields. He rips him after he ranked himself as an all-time great rushing quarterback. Okay, there's a life lesson in here outside of this. So Chicago Bears quarterback Justin Fields recently made some comments anointing himself, if I do say so myself, as a top five rushing quarterback in NFL history. That was fast. All right, so Colin Coward is concerned that the five wins, 20 losses career quarterback could be on an alarming path towards a Baker Mayfield-esque ego while also completely lacking any self-awareness. Uh-oh, Coward on his ego and the quarterback's ego. I think all of the quarterbacks in the NFL with the most pressure is not on Dak. It's on Justin Fields. For years and years, when I criticized Baker Mayfield, many of you confused ego for confidence. Hmm, I thought Baker had too much ego. I thought Johnny Manziel had too much ego. Let go of my ego, right? So then he discussed more on the quarterback's confidence. He said, you say, I love my quarterback to be confident. Mahomes is but he has self-awareness. Brady, Peyton Manning, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, they have confidence. I don't see their ego. I don't love this. Justin Fields saying he's a top five quarterback running all time for a quarterback who is five and 20 and right now is closer to a bust than a star. Let me stop down right there. Mm. Because somehow, some way, it got inserted to a quarterback's resume, the team's win and loss record. Now, I understand the coincidence. I understand the correlation, but I don't like it when it goes to full causation of you're the reason we're good or you're the reason we're bad. Because usually the top quarterback in college is going to one of the top teams in the draft that is drafting at the top of the draft. But that means they are a sorry-ass team the year before, right? How do you get the top pick? Be sorry the year before, right? Suck for luck. Okay, now you get Andrew Luck. But guess what? He's going to an organization that kind of sucks. But Andrew Luck hits the ground running. Yay, Andrew Luck. And then there are quarterbacks that, oh, man, Peyton Manning, number one overall pick, goes to the coach. Boo, they sorry. They were 3-13 and 13 his rookie year. Peyton Manning wasn't that great either. But guess what? Was Peyton Manning a great quarterback who just went to a bad situation, didn't have to turn around? Yes. And then there are some quarterbacks that go to bad situations and it never turns good, right? And you look at that situation, is the quarterback bad 
or is that situation bad, right? Anyway, all I'm saying is why did we all of a sudden just map on all of the team's success onto that one quarterback? When we've also seen quarterbacks that we don't think are so great, and then all of a sudden they have team success, and we still don't give the quarterback the love, right? Trent Dilfer sitting somewhere like, dog, where my love that dog? You know, Brad Johnson sitting there like, where my love that then? And that's the point. All right, let me get back into this because I got more on that. So then he starts talking about other top running quarterbacks in NFL history. Lamar's the MVP. Cam Newton, MVP. Vic, four-time Pro Bowler. Steve Young, Super Bowl winner. Justin Fields, 5-20. and 20. Damn, I got a guy with a quarterback rating in the 70s, a guy that's now hurt, and they ended last season with a 10-game losing streak. You know who else I would put in that list? Russell Wilson, you know, Super Bowl winner. Uh-huh. If you're a great running quarterback, you win games. Okay. Whew. This is tough because you do win games, but let's talk about how those goalposts also move as you win those games. I get back to that. So he also said, I've always been 60-40 on if Justin Fields is going to succeed. I'm coming back 5% after these comments. I'm now 55-45 he's going to succeed. Boy, Colin B slicing it. He lacks a little self-awareness. I know Chicago will go crazy, but right now, Justin Fields is a bust. Oh my God, he said it. He's 5-20 and 20 with a 10-game losing streak and with a passer rating in the 70s last year. He, was he not easily the worst quarterback in that division? Mm, sizzling over here, Aaron. It wasn't Aaron. Wasn't golf, wasn't Kirk Cousins. Right now, he's a YouTube quarterback. His highlights are great. God, dog, God, dog. Woo, Lord. I don't know Justin Fields like that, so I can't even defend him to the fullest, but I'm going to do my part. Let me just say this. Colin ain't wrong, but Colin ain't right. All right, let me tell you what's wrong about this. In this world today, he just said I'm a top five running quarterback. And he's going to look, he's on pace already to do that. If he just stays healthy, wins or losses to the side, he probably will be regarded as a top five rushing quarterback ever. You want to know why? Look at his plays already. Look at what the offense that they had. They've had changes on the sidelines, obviously, to give them a better structure offensively. But in the meantime, this sucker here can run that football, and we have seen that time and time again. So he just picked a little niche, right? A little niche for him that said, I am the greatest at that. That's like me saying, hey, and this is true. My first three years, oh, nobody played the run better than me at DN. That's how I got on the field. I sucked in pass rush. Zero sacks, three and a half sacks, five sacks, which is not suck, but it wasn't the greatest. But against the run, I had games where I had 11 tackles, 17 tackles, 19 tackles. I mean, we were, I was out. I could play the run like nothing. So imagine me in my third year, like I am top five in the league right now, uh, run defenders. And somebody would be like, no, you're not, and you sucking because your team doesn't win. You'd be like, what are you talking about, Willis? So I think there's some of that. There's some of this. This world makes you wait for your compliments, and I hate it. I hate that we have to wait for somebody to compliment you or you come off as lacking self-awareness or you come off as not showing humility. But I don't like it because it's empowering others too much. It is allowing outsiders to dictate who I am in perception too much. I'll give you an example. The most beautiful woman that I ever saw outside of my wife, wink, 
um, in my life in the ninth grade was Tiffany Cambridge. Ninth grade, Tiffany Cambridge wore heels to school. Makeup to school was beyond beautiful, and everybody knew it, including the senior girls. Like, watch little Tiffany around your man, because he going to be looking. Tiffany was insane. Still a homegirl to this day. If you know who she is, you know who she has kids by, etc., then it all makes sense. All right, anyway. Tiffany and I were the homies. Now I had a crush on her beyond so much that she put me in a friend zone. It's like, Marcel, stay there and let's be besties. So we were really cool, whatever. I was stuck in that friend's, I was so mad. Anyway, so we used to talk and I used to be like, damn, Tiffany, you know every day you show up at school, everybody is on your team, everybody on your tip. She's like, I know. But the tough thing was she had to act like she wasn't that pretty, that fine. Why? Because people thought she would be cocky if she walked in and thought the exact same thing you thought, but had to wait for you to say it before she could act like that. Y'all catch that? She had to literally go like this until someone said, oh my God, you look beautiful. Oh, thank you. When she really already knew she looked beautiful. Dog, it's okay. Now imagine that she did walk in there though, like, mm. And someone said, oh, you look beautiful. You're like, thank you. And that compliment didn't hit anywhere. Like you didn't see them perk up. You didn't see them get bigger. And that's what a lot of compliments are, is to be like, oh, I'm giving you this. Now look at it. Did you respond to it? What if somebody said, oh, you look amazing. Thank you. And you just keep it going. They're like, oh, I ain't going to tell them they look amazing again. You're like, dog, I agree. <laughs> so it's a whole mind game thing that she had to play just to wait for you to give her a compliment of something she already knew. Why does Justin Fields have to wait for someone else to say, you know what? I think he's like a top five rushing quarterback ever. Why has he got to wait? Isn't that crazy? Like, we're going to wait till he's done. Flowers gone. We're doing it with LeBron. Oh, we're going to give him more flowers when he's gone. I'm like, give it to him right now. Now, y'all might be like, he giving himself these flowers, and that's the problem. And I hear some of that. But I don't like this world where Bill Parcells is the only way we think. You are what your record says you are. Okay, if that's good for quarterbacks, why isn't it good for anybody else on that field? It's the most important position. It ain't the only position. What if a quarterback plays an amazing game, which we've seen before, right? And then still loses that game because of a turnover, a fumble from a running back. Oh, I thought you are what your record says you are. You lose a game, but play amazing. So I think we just got to be a little more nuanced, break the game down to segments and let people shine. And if that person wants to actually be the one that tells you and appoints themselves to that standard, who are you to back it up? Who are you to shut it down? Let that person speak and see if the numbers support it. In the rushing game, I think the numbers support Justin Fields as being that beast. Last thing is, I don't like the fact that we move the goalposts as often as we do. Okay, so you say it's about your record. Okay, well guess who has the second most wins at their young tenure in NFL history at quarterback? I'll wait. Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Now, with Lamar Jackson, soon you start saying second most wins, guess what they're going to say? But he ain't got over the hump. He ain't won at all. So then they moved the goalpost. Dak Prescott, I think when last time I checked, he was like top five wins. Ah, but he ain't won at all. Okay, so first we went from win-loss record to, okay, win percentage. Now you got to win it all. So then I give you Peyton Manning. 
Because Peyton Manning didn't get his flowers even after he won the first one. Because y'all were like, ah, oh, man, well, Brady already got three. And he just getting this one. I thought he better. And then Peyton Manning went a second one. And then we took the second one away. Ah, oh, that Denver defense did that. Peyton wasn't that good. I'm like, dog, huh, what are the ingredients to actually satisfy the sports critic? Because every time you check this box, it seems like they put another one there to move the goalposts into. So y'all got a problem with Phil's comments? Because I don't, because I actually see where he's coming from. Maybe y'all don't like the type that tells you who they are, but I do, because it then takes away some of the work I got to do. Or do y'all like what Colin said about him? And does his comments lean more towards ego or confidence? That's interesting because Colin's take wasn't bad. It's just like maybe there's some room to grow where we actually allow someone to tell us exactly who they are because the facts speak for that as well. Well, somebody's going to get this as well, which is Friday Swag Away. Never shut up book or when we go over 100K, if you guess the exact day and time, the closest to it, because ain't none of y'all going to nail it. I don't think you get some of these playing cards. That's me right there. Remember top five run defender in the NFL. Yeah, take that Colin. And then also you can make it get this jersey right here. Oh man, love y'all know I was top 50 NFL player for two years. I played 10 years and was twice top 50. That was pretty good. It wasn't big ceremonies back then. Like now, like I won man of the year three times. Guess what? Who cares <laughs> now if I had won it? Damn, I'd be at the Super Bowl and the tuxedo and all that, but they just sent me like a certificate and say, thanks for helping out with the kids. And I'm like, damn it, dog, it's a whole different animal now. So yeah, I was number 38 and I think 44 in the league. That's pretty good, right? For a fat DN like me who could play the run. All right, let's get into somebody who ain't fat. This sucker here in shape shape. His name is Shannon Sharp and he's in talks with ESPN about a contributor role. Let's talk through it because the role would potentially include a spot on first take opposite Stephen A. Smith taking the chair once occupied by Skip Bayless, who was his former colleague, as we know, on FS1's Undisputed. So if he joins ESPN, he wouldn't be a full-time debate partner for Smith. Instead, joining the rotation, the rotating panel that includes Chris Russo, Matt Dog, and Michael Irvin once he gets off a timeout. What the hell going on with that case right there? But for $100 million, I'm sure Michael Irvin is fine waiting it out. But football is coming, so hurry up and get a ruling on that. All right, so the ESPN role could also include appearances on ESPN's slate of NFL studio shows, including Sunday NFL Countdown, Monday Night Countdown, and NFL Live. Now, when I first read that, I was like, what? Well, I was like, oh, okay, and I'm going to get into it. But at first, you're like, they're going to put Shannon Sharp kind of like in a, a Ryan Clark role, which is amazing, but you're going from Undisputed with Skip to the Ryan Clark role. Let's be real. Is that a promotion or demotion? It feels like demotion, right? But be careful of thinking that. All right, so a deal between ESPN and Sharp hasn't been completed and that Sharp has talked with several other suitors. I do know that as facts. Over the last week, Sharp and his representatives have had a series of meetings with other entities. All right, so Sharp's been teasing his next destination since his departure with FanDuel, also rumored to be in the running for his services, right? And it's funny because I look at Shannon's Instagram, man, the algorithm's a, 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 oh, that's a sucker right there. I follow 
I think I follow like a thousand people. Too many, I know, I get it. But I know a lot of people too. Plus, that's just, this is the biggest group text in the world. Like, I ain't gonna be texting Shannon all the time, but I could check his gram and be like, oh, and he always got that, that Merce, man purse. He always got that bag, some muscles on, some shirt, something, some fresh outfit on, and always going in or out of a place. Like, that's his new thing. Kind of like really setting us optically to him walking into new doors, new horizons, or leaving something old into something new. That's what I've seen a lot of. Maybe you haven't seen it all. But it's interesting because we haven't seen him on air since the NBA Finals ended. And then his buyout took into effect. Okay, so I, I said be careful calling that a demotion because you're like, you went from full-time every single day to just once a week with Stephen A on his terms, on his turf, and then you're going to do all the other shows which are, let's just say, subordinate to first take in terms of platform. All right, even though Monday Night Countdown, that's big to me, but it's like in spot. It's in spots. It's like, all right, here we go. And it's like Shannon with four other people, and then they all just going to chime in. All right, go to commercial. Way more people watching that, but you're like, Shannon, how long are you in that city? Three days? You talk for three minutes? Okay. Or you can do the pre-games and stuff. Or you can do the panel in the morning, but then you look around, you'll be like, who else is on Shannon Sharp's level? On the panel, be real. So I, I understand what you're saying, but here's why it's a win-win. Because Shannon Sharp has Club Shay Shay. And Club Shay Shay is 1.2 million plus subscribers. More than that, he owns it now. He owns that. So anything he does is really a commercial blast to get him back to the home base. I think he's looking at this dynamic in this way, if it's ESPN. I'm going to use them at all of their platforms to always remind people to come back to me, Club Shay Shay, in his greatest form. Now, I'm certain if he could sit there opposite of Stephen A. every day, that probably would be the hand raise, except maybe location, right? You never know. Like Shannon had his house burglarized living in L.A. Shannon from down south. Shannon, like, maybe don't want to go to New York or do the whole circuit. Let's admit, Stephen A is everywhere, right? So that means Shannon may have to be everywhere, even though home base for that show is New York City. You never know how that is. But as a broadcast signal to something that he already has that's lucrative, that now is always going to be the platform for his cognac, for Club Shay Shay, the cognac, which is very important to Shannon. How do you protect that? In negotiations, ESPN may be saying, we want to share or license Club Shay Shay. Kind of like what they did for Pat McAfee. We want you, McAfee, but you got to bring that over here as well. So McAfee says, okay, I will, but as long as we still keep it on YouTube for all our subscribers. Okay, let's do that. So then Pat McAfee gets his own show. Club Shay Shay, he ain't getting his own show. So you already see there's a difference in interest or leverage in this conversation than Pat McAfee, right? We'll see. Now, I got to give y'all one little birdie, and this ain't from Shay Shay. This ain't from Shannon. Uh, I know someone in the business that is negotiating a nine-figure deal from someone who is a free agent. Now, I can't say who, 
want y'all to guess who want y'all to tell me who I got to protect the guilty y'all this is not my job I am not PR I am not doing Adam Schefter anymore or as they used to call me black Adam Schefter they were like blefter I was blefter for a while I am not breaking news I'm letting y'all guess y'all way to the truth but I'm letting you know somebody about to get paid, 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 paid. And it ain't McAfee because he already got paid, paid. So, mm. all right. Anyway, so I'm not going to call Shay Shay on this one. You know, we talk, but I ain't going there on that. But there are people out there that is interesting are going to have to get something done in the near future if they're going to take advantage of this season. A Keyshawn, a Max Kellerman, right? No news on them right now, but football is starting. We're starting to see the guys in training camp practices, right? So that means preseason's coming, which means the games are coming. Skip Bayless is bailing on the preseason. They are not starting up to August 28th. That's preseason basically gone, right? Those three games basically gone. So they're bailing on the NFL preseason. But will Keyshawn, will Max, will Shea Shea bail on the preseason or get something done? Because like any business... Nothing gets done till there's a deadline. So do y'all believe the report and the hype? Do y'all believe that that's a win for Shannon Sharp to be alongside Stephen A. Smith for one day a week, but then also all the other platforms broadcasting and rerouting everyone to Club Shay Shay? Or do you think, man, they're kind of playing Shannon over there if that offer is that because McAfee got his own space and his podcast. Stephen A got his own podcast and his own space and own show. How come Shannon can't get it? Interesting, because I think of him on that same level as them big dogs, right? Y'all like this as a potential move for Shannon? And if not, let's be real. Just tell me, where would y'all like to see him go? All right. Loving you guys for all the love, man. Y'all getting to see how silly I really am, man. I laugh at everything. I've been through so much. I'm sure you guys have as well. But then once you went through it, you either get bitter or better. And for me, getting better means making light of all situations. Because outside of death, everything else you can recover from, right? So let's laugh at life. And let's never shut up in life. And someone's going to win this book. Friday swag away or 100k giveaway. Okay, okay, okay. Damn, I look tight in this picture. Even though I'm like, I got muscles. Like, I got some muscles, but them hips ain't bending like they should. Man, come on. Jason Taylor's hips were bending, Marcellus. Why weren't yours? All right, and we got this right here. This dope jersey. Dope. Like a pound or a key. So shut up and listen to me. I make a killing. I got money to the ceiling. Why? Because I'm a mother ruthless villain. They all know who that is. Godly, I love that. All right, let's get into some funk up, some comments right now. I told you guys, and I mean this in a respectful way, but um, they call it, I, I have like rap Tourette's, and I don't mean that in any derogatory form. Like basically, I just spaz out, and I think of everything in rap lyrics, like Michael Eric Dyson, uh, he always professes in rap lyrics. Same way. Like, anytime somebody talks to me, they say hello. I'll be like, hi, my name is. Like, I'm just, like, really different when it comes to the rap music. All right, let's get into this right here and funk up some comments. We got Nick Saban on the hot seat, Legacy in Danger. Nah, Saban's legacy is solid gold. I love to hear that. He won multiple places with multiple teams as the head ball coach. Billy only won as head coach with Brady. Oh, I get it. So because he did it, reinvented it, and did it again, then you're like, oh, it's all on him. 
Yeah, that is an easy way to isolate variables to see if it's Brady or it's Belichick, but it's kind of unfair. Like, to do it anywhere should be enough. Like, you got to do it somewhere and then do it again. So, Phil Jackson, when he did it in Chicago, yeah, that's great, but you got to, you did it with Jordan and Pippen. Do it again. Oh, you did it with Shaq and Kobe. I'm like, yeah, if you give me the same exact talent level or a high level like that, I do it all the time. So, I think one is enough for me, but I hear you on the two. That's ridiculous. Was Red Arbach's legacy question when Phil won more championship? Was Bear, Bear Bryant's when Saban won more? What has been done is done and can't be undone by someone else doing it better. Preach. Flow that sucker there. I feel the same exact way. It's almost like being called a doctor, right? Or graduate. Once you graduated, one, nobody cares about your GPA if it's from college. And two, if I'm a doctor, I'm a doctor. Don't be trying to say, oh, well, you haven't practiced in so long. Yeah, doctor, me, haven't practiced in so long, right? All right, so Stephen A., Levitard, and Woj all sold out. Mm, let's talk about this member comment right here. It got my man M. Ron Liner. All right, Mr. One. Oh, ha, you got me slipping. Mr. One Liner, that's dope. Y'all give people on TV too much credibility at the end of the day. It's all entertainment, and no one is hiding it anymore. Good point. Dan had his pops reading ODB lyrics between breaks is what got people to watch his show. I forgot about that. Not his daddy reading his lyrics, but that that was the nitrous to igniting that show. Like going to the commercials and Poppy over there coming out. Then they made it like a feature. Like before they would go, they would give him his 10, 15 seconds and he would flow those lyrics. Kind of like me. I got the same syndrome that Poppy got. We just got to flow our lyrics. That's dope. Great point, Mr. One-Liner. I said MR online <laughs> All right, we got another one. Marcus P. Mm. I'm more YouTube, but still check out some shows, but mainly as background. Same here. It's crazy. This year, Woj is covering for Portland. Last year, everyone was saying how he was looking out for Sean Marks with the Nets, with his Nets coverage. Everybody just spilled their sources, LOL. Yeah, I mean, look, you can follow the truth, but you can follow the money, and then you might follow the money and find the truth. Ooh. Basically, it's almost impossible for Woj and those guys to have those type of relationships, insider relationships, without showing some favoritism. Now, how does someone become your favorite? Maybe they give you better information, uh, rawer, realer information uh, ahead of time a lot earlier than others. Maybe they give you something that nobody else is giving you. Or maybe they just look out for you. They make your experience greater, you know? It doesn't always have to be cash, like a cash transaction. Sometimes just making my life easier. That human capital works as well. Uh, you see it in, like, anybody who gets arrested. The police are sitting there like, look, you have the right to remain silent. But if you say something, we're going to use it against you. But it's going to help you if it helps us do less work. Make my job easier. I'll make your sentence lighter. You make me go through hell, oh, throw the book at his ass, right? Basically, that's how that sounds. Draymond Green says why he punched Jordan Poole. Okay, so Frank A, what you say, Frank A? Oh, yes. Never just do it. No matter how annoying a teammate can be, be Steph. Or just think, what would Steph do in this moment? <laughs> like them little Jesus wristbands. Oh, man. As a Warriors fanatic, I'm done with Draymond Green. Veteran players should know better. Violence is the tool of those who have nothing to really to say. Mm, I know what you mean there. That's why I'm not violent. 
Um, doesn't mean I don't get perturbed. Doesn't mean I don't get disturbed. Don't mean I won't. I don't want to throw these hands. It's just I won't because I use these words or I'll use this mind to just escape that situation, that altercation. Right. But I'm also not in that same predicament. That emotional context of a younger, less accomplished, annoying teammate can get to you. You still shouldn't put hands on them. I'm not justifying it. But I understand, you know what I mean? Like Chris Rock said. All right, we got sounds to me like green condition, but can't take it. He crossed the line a bunch of times. Some might call him a habitual line stepper. Dave Chappelle would. Yeah, we know Draymond doesn't cross the line. That's usually the ones who get offended. A hit dog hollers. And ye judge, ye shall be judged. Whatever Draymond does when it's flipped on him, that's when he got a problem. That's like most people. They'll do something and what they are paying attention to is the same exact thing that they do and they hate you for doing it. And when you do it back to them, oh, they really get hot 100. All right. To me, this is a leadership failure on Steph. Ultimately, it is his team. If Poole was talking smack to the point of annoying other players, then Steph or the group of Steph, Clay and Dre should have sat him down and corrected the course with a chat. Dre keeps going on about how smart he is. Not in this case. Yet another chance down the drain due to hot-headedness and stupidity. I give you all of that. I give you all of that. Like, this is Steph's team. At the same time, Steph can't be omnipresent, like everywhere, doing everything, putting out all fires, because imagine if you're with someone who you know is your leader but won't let y'all work it out. If you're a parent and you have kids and then your kids get into scuffles, Yes, guide them. Yes, make sure that they're going to stay healthy in the situation. No one gets hurt and harmed, but let them work through it, right? They got to build up their people skills, and it starts at home. That respect starts at home. Sister and brother got to battle a little bit. You know what I mean? Not put hands on each other necessarily, even though that may happen sometimes. But then that's the <laughs> that's the moment where you can teach. That's the lesson that can be learned. But you got to let them work through it. If they tangle themselves up, Sometimes throw your hands up. Let them unknot themselves. I think Steph probably in this moment, Draymond, we know him. Jordan trying to show his man bones and trying to flex and say, I'm, I belong too, went there as well. All I know is I don't fight, but I would never, ever, ever allow a teammate to sucker punch me and think he's okay coming to practice the next time. Oh, no, no, no. No, I don't know what I would do. I can't lie. I do got cousins, though. I do got uncles. I do got family out there. I don't know what I would do, y'all, but I would do something. That's all I would say. All right, y'all. This is what I'm about to do now. End this show with a Wiley-ism. Yeah. All we are is a result of what we thought. I can hear Ice Cube right now. God dang, I'm glad y'all set it off. Woo! That is setting it off. All we are is a result of what we thought. Just this morning, I caught myself with a lower frequency of thought. Like I had this challenge. I was thinking about reaching out to somebody who had reached out to me and responding back to him. And my ass was going to be a little too low. And I was like, but that's okay. That's comfortable. That's a, a good starting point. I'm like, but that's going to be the ending point in any negotiation. If you start there, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, I, I do that all day. And it's like, damn, I should have asked for what they won't do all day. What you going to do just once a night? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I need to ask a lot higher, you know, aim for the stars. So I caught myself, had to check myself. I was like, because that could have been the reality. 
that could have been all I got from that situation. And it really started not from them, but from my thoughts. I was aiming too low. Tell people all the time. They'd be like, dog, you from Compton, you from South Central, you from South LA, whatever you want to call South Slauson and all that. They call it Slauson boys, some of them. Whatever you want to call the hood. The drugs, the gangs, the poverty wasn't the worst part. Man, it was close. But I'll tell you what the worst part was. The low ambition. That people didn't have careers, they had jobs. People lived on the edge. They didn't realize their dreams. That was the worst part. And I saw candidly, intimately, a lot of that came just from their thoughts. They thought they didn't have enough, them, potential. They thought they didn't have enough, them, resources, circumstances, right? They thought that they didn't have enough, what people thought of them, their community. I was like, damn, it's a spell. It's like a spell being put on people, just mesmerizing them to stink lower and to stay down and never try to be more than they are or be all that they can be. We know it's a challenge, trust me. Woo! It's a challenge to try and be all you can be, but who's not up for that challenge? So just remember, whenever you're in the predicament, it's almost like dating. It's almost like saying hello. Back in the days, you had to go walk up to a woman. Hey, how you doing? My name's Marcellus, right? And I was never scared of doing that. You wanna know why? Because if I don't ask her her name, I am sitting here not knowing her name. I always start off with a no. And if I don't ever do it, I'm going to end up with a no. But if I do it, I got a shot at a yes. And that was my courage. It wasn't that I was braver than my boys. I just thought through it differently. I was like, dog, I'm already losing right here. Looking at her from this far away. Let me go say hi. Maybe she'll say hi back. Maybe she'll diss me. But hey, I'm starting at a no. So even a diss is not taking me anywhere new. So always believe in yourself. Always think high of yourself and aim for the damn stars. It's okay if you land back on the ground. Isn't that where you started from anyway? So all we are, y'all, is a result of what we thought. Never forget that. All right, y'all. That'll do it for more to it. Check the show notes for all the information on our topics today. Today! Want to keep the conversation going? Let's talk. Find me on all socials at Marcellus Wiley. More to is a production of Dan Patrick Productions, That Dude Entertainment and Workhouse Media. Show is executive produced by Dan Patrick, Marcel Swally, Paul Anderson, and Nick Panella. Thanks for all the love, ratings, and subscriptions, and reviews, membership to Wally's World on YouTube. Keep it coming because there's more coming for more to it. Talk to y'all hella soon. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast 
on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.